When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people. It's time to start a great day. And it all starts with what we're betting on tonight. Of course, we will be giving you some bets to play some wagers on uh, later in the show. At 740, we will run down the best college hoops games of the night. But first, maybe we'll take a look at the futures market. Which teams should you be placing your bets on as an early pick to win March Madness. Can we finally trust Purdue? We'll play read and react with some of the narratives surrounding uh, college hoops and the NBA right now. Then at 720, Lucy Burge joins the show. And I'm not going to lie. I have not been paying attention to like the intersection of pop culture and sports because I have taken a much deserved break from Taylor Swift. Haven't read any headlines (laughs) about her lately. And you know what? I feel like I'm better for it. It's not because I have anything against Taylor Swift. It's just, you know, at some point, you got to take a little breather. So, Jenks, it has been nice to have a vacation from Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift. But you, my friend, you live with a significant other who loves Taylor Swift. So what's the latest gossip? Have you been forced Uh. to read articles about T-Swizzle lately? Not yet, but it's coming. It's coming in a big way. The problem is this, is that not only is the lovely Catherine a Swifty, our friend Jen and her husband Chris, whom we're meeting oh, in no. St. Martin, Jen is a massive Swifty as well. And I've gotten into arguments with Jen, not hardcore arguments, you know, like just kind of going back and forth where the whole, she's a poet. I'm like, she's not a poet. She's a good song. She's not a poet. Well, it depends on how you define a poet. I'm like, I don't define a poet as Taylor Swift. She's a very good song. Right. So you can go back and forth on that argument. Anyway, when those girls get together on the beach, couple drinks in, you don't think that Taylor Swift is going to be playing. Oh God. Yes. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be everywhere. So it's coming. I've had a little calm before the storm, but I'm telling you, it's coming. So I'm trying to brace myself before I get on the beach and I hear Lavender Haze for the 745th time in the last month. My God, I'm laughing because when we all met each other, I don't know if it was for the first time, but we had like a meetup in DC where it was all of us, the crew, uh, and Matt was there. And Matt was like going at Catherine about Taylor Swift. I was like, oh boy, do you remember this? <laughs> Where she I said do. something about Taylor Swift and Matt was not backing down. I was like, oh no. Have you ever had one of those run-ins? Like besides the one with Matt? Like Matt wasn't saying anything like terrible. It's just he right. was pushing back a little. I was like, how far is he going to go? How many drinks uh, do I need to order? 
has Catherine ever gotten <laughs> to like an argument, you know, trying to defend the honor of Taylor Swift? Oh, we've gone back and forth about it before. And so I've kind of oh, got you. Oh, yeah. So you're the Where... aggressor. <laughs> well, I would say I'm the aggressor. I just don't. My issue is why is it? This is the issue I always have whenever she plays is that why is it that we can be having a conversation? Okay. The vibe is good. The music is playing and looking. Look, you can sing along with your favorite songs and enjoy them. I am not some sort of curmudgeon in that way. But I've noticed that when Taylor Swift plays, it's like everything stops. Everything stops. And all the conversation stops. And it's not just singing along. I've seen this with Catherine. I've seen this with Jen. I've seen this with other girls. Everything stops. And now it's time to sing every single lyric of this song while pretending you're in the video. And it just brings everything to a screeching halt. When you're like doing the hand motions and you're pointing and you're singing and you're like looking at me, I'm like, I, what am I supposed to do with this? This song started playing and you just stopped. And now you're looking at me and singing the entire song. Like, this is weird to me. I, in your bubble of Taylor Swift, it's great because this is what you guys do with one another. If I'm not in that bubble with you, this is weird to me. So now I'm just sitting here like, okay, I guess I'll just wait until this ends unless you want me to join hands with you and bounce around and sing it with you, which I don't particularly want to do. So it's more of breaking up things in a way that I find odd. Counterpoint. Do you think this is how some women feel and not women, just people who don't enjoy sports. When we start talking about sports, like they've got hand motions, they're yelling at the refs, <laughs> you know, newsflash, the refs can't hear you. And the guy on the field he can't hear you say, oh, good throw when you're in the nosebleed section. So I feel right. like everybody has their things that they're fanatical about. It's just some people, you know, worship at the altar of Taylor Swift. Because wouldn't you say some sports fans are like this to the point of fanaticism where you're like, okay, all right, we get it. Right. We get it. Your team is amazing. But Derek Jeter did not do anything personally for you. Like we know he was a Yankee legend. But do you really need to name your kid after him? Probably not. I mean, I would say I think this happens a lot. I think Swifties say this a lot. And here's why I disagree with this, because there are levels to fanaticism. Like I've heard mm -hmm. so many times, oh, well, this is just like guys who love football. It's like, no, it's not. And you know why? Maybe there are some guy, guys like this. Maybe I can't relate. But if you're talking about people who are super Swifties, they listen to Taylor Swift on a loop. They listen to her songs constantly. They watch her videos they go to her concerts they watch her netflix special and they do this on a continual basis they talk about it i am not constantly being like check out this Travis kelsey video check out this old school walter payton video hey let's listen to nfl films music hey when <clears> i turn on netflix there's this cool new documentary it's called uh, a hard knocks i don't even ever heard of it i don't obsess about anything to that level so when people say oh this is just like you in football i'm like no it's not no, it's not because I don't do this continually for years at a time. During football season, I get hyped up. But in the middle of the week, I'm not constantly forcing you to get into this bubble with me. If I want to watch something on my own and leave, and you don't want to be a part of it, cool. If you're on a Swift, it's like, guess what? It's Taylor Swift time, and you're going to be a part of it, whether you like it or not. So I hear this like it's the same, but I don't find it to be the same. I don't think you in particular are one of these people, but I do think there are men out there that are like this. In fact, That's the fair. reason why I watched a lot of sports growing up is because 
my dad and brother owned the remote and I did not have a choice. We watched bone crunching hits or whatever it was yeah. on NFL films. We watched the greatest games ever played. Do you think I wanted to watch that as an eight year old girl? No, I didn't. So I do feel like some people are like this with sports, but you're right. Not all sports fans, but also not all Taylor Swift fans. So maybe we can meet in the middle, uh, but just not right now. We need a break as of this moment. Uh, let's get into college hoops and NBA, though, because that's the season that we're in right now and not Taylor Swift season. Bill, let's do it. Let's react a little. Oh, my gosh. If Taylor Swift ever started dating like a college basketball coach or something and just showing up at the game, it would be the coach. worst thing imaginable. Well, she's not going to date a player. Wait, what what coach freaking. do you think she would date? Like, is there – I don't even oh, know the know. college basketball coaches. Are there any hotties out there that I should know about? I have, I have zero idea. No clue at all. Who's the Cliff Kingsbury who's... of college hoops? Because it has yeah, to be like Cliff Kingsbury, right? Like yeah, it'd be somebody like question. that is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't I don't know who about I'll maybe do some little research on that, but we'll think about it. All right, NCAA selection committee released their first look over the weekend for the upcoming NCAA tournament. The top four seeds, the four number ones, Purdue. Houston, Arizona, and, of course, defending champion UConn, who took a big L last night. So, Jinx, of those four teams, do you trust all of them, none of them, or just a couple of them to win a national title? Oh, well, I don't trust Purdue, and I don't trust Arizona. Purdue, look, I don't have to tell you about Purdue. Each and every single year in the tournament, what are they going to do? They're going to lose, so you're out. Arizona has been bad on the road this season. And I know we were talking about that UConn stat where they don't win on the road, but they have two national titles. I think that's an outlier. So Arizona, boom, to the curb. I trust UConn, and I trust Houston based on their defense, though we had mid-major Matt come on and say, hey, I'm worried about their offense because they can go cold, and then that is the real Achilles heel. For me, I trust the Huskies and the Cougs. Yeah, I would definitely put UConn in there. Uh, what about Arizona? Because usually the knock on Arizona is that their defense is normally not good enough because usually it's their offense that's really uh, fast-paced and really good. But this year their defense, 11th in the nation when it comes to adjusted defensive efficiency. Even though I see that number, I feel how I feel like I still have my questions. Like maybe I'm being a little too skeptical on Arizona, but here's the thing about March Madness. It's not always the best team on paper that wins it all. This is probably the most volatile national championship, world championship, whatever you want to call it, in all of sports. So as much as I would love to, you know, point at one of these teams and say, oh, this is a stone cold lock, it feels like it's never the case. So in the betting world, wouldn't you look at other teams that probably have a chance and try to get some value? This feels like the one sport where you look further down the page and you don't go with the favorites. Yeah, no, it's a great point. My only thing with Purdue is the last time we saw a number one seed get knocked off in the first round the following year, it won the national title. I'm talking about UVA Ooh. when they lost to UMBC the next ah. year. They won the title. So keep that in mind, although it's obviously different scenarios. But, you know, for Purdue, that's at least something for them to hang their hat on. All right. Number two, let's go to the women's side. We don't talk a ton of women's college basketball here, but South Carolina is the overwhelming favorite at BetMGM at just plus 110. Please send Jinx a robe so we 
can stop talking about it. <laughs> Defending champion LSU and Iowa are both next at plus 700. Does it make any sense at all, Chelsea, to back South Carolina at just plus 110, even though they're 25-0 and 0 and unblemished so far in the year? Well, here's the thing that's different about the women's side, and I am not somebody who's super into the weeds with women's college basketball. Doesn't it feel like there's less parity? Like we were just talking about how volatile the men's side is. I don't think that's the case for the women's side. So even if you're taking one of the favorites at like kind of a short price, I feel like it's still worth it. Like some of these teams are just so good. There's a chance, you know, there are other teams that are uh, good as well. It's not just one team that South Carolina is just going to run the table. Like I think they can lose to a team, but do you get what I'm saying? Like I feel like there is a smaller pool with which you will be drawing the national champion. So I think you can make a case for taking a favorite on the women's side. Yeah, I think you can too. And I'm like you, I'm no expert at the women's game, but I mean, Don Staley just has a wagon down there. I mean, they are unbelievable. And so at plus 110, I here's the thing. Yeah, it's not a lot of plus money, but the longer this season goes on, this will dip into minus money. So yes, you're saying, oh man, there's not a lot of, there is value because I, I can guarantee you within a week or two, all of a sudden you're laying the juice. So why not take it now? Plus 110, I'd do it. Yeah, if you're going to back them, you better get it now because that line is definitely uh, not going to change or their odds are not going to change towards more plus money, I would imagine. All right, final one over in the NBA. We'll go up a level. It's been a few days since the All-Star break, but writers and pundits and commentators still continue to say what an awful All-Star weekend it was. Nobody cared about the nearly 400 points that were scored in the actual game. The Steph versus Sabrina was more impressive than the actual three-point shooting contest itself. So, Jinx, what do we do with your cat on your lap there? How do we fix the NBA All-Star Weekend? God, I don't know. Bijou, who is not – I know. I see you, honey. So, he just kind of stuck into the office and hot. That's why I have this fur right in my face right now. You know what? They've got to add some sort of incentive or do something where these guys play some semblance of defense. Here's the thing. These guys love each other now. I want to bring back some disdain. I want to bring back some derision. During the uh, ban, these guys from the banana boat. There was a time when these guys wanted to beat each other, no matter when they played. Didn't matter if it was an All Star game or not. Did I watch the All Star game? No, I did not. Do you know what I did? I watched a five minute recap the next morning, and that's all I needed to see. That's it. That's it. That's all I needed to see. So. They've got to either pay the players or do something where there's some sort of defense getting played or just, I don't want to say ban the NBA All-Star game altogether. It's just one big party, but they've got to fix it, guys. It, they, didn't even, they didn't even try to compete at the end of this one. God, there is nothing better than listening to Jenks talk about they've got to be more hard-nosed. They've got to play some defense while having a cat <laughs> on his lap. Like, does anybody else see the irony in this? I'm dying laughing over here, Jenks. Cat guy, Michael Jenkins. I know. I agree I with know. you, but I'm not going to lie. I was just waiting for the tail to go in your face. Like, do you remember that Saturday Night Live sketch where they have the mic and they just shove it in people's mouths? Oh, That's yeah. what I felt like was going to be with, like, Bijou's tail. Uh, but is it Bijou or Bijan? What's the name of your it's, cat? It's uh, Bijou. Bijou. French for kisses, yeah. right? Or kiss? I Oh, I think that's right. Yeah, good call. 
Ooh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, yeah, the All-Star game, not great, but what are we gonna do? I'll say this about the NBA. They are not afraid to fix things and they're not afraid to try things different. So maybe we will see something different next year because you're right, there was no defense. All right, coming back from the break, it's time to talk to Lucy Burge. What's going on in pop culture? I don't know, but she will next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. On a Women of Wagertainment Wednesday on the Daily Tip, I'm Jelson Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. In a few minutes, we'll welcome on BetQL's Lucy Burge. And we were talking during the break uh, about a highly intelligent conversation. My question was, Mm -hmm. if you were a dog, what TV channel would you like the best? And I kind of said this, you know, half sarcastically, because I didn't think there was Mm -hmm. an actual answer. But I was today years old. When I found out there is an actual TV channel just for dogs, it's called Dog TV. Jinx, (laughs) what are we doing here? And I think the better question is how many people have watched this? Because Bill, our producer, was like, Yeah, I've watched it. It's kind of (laughs) relaxing. I was like, What? It's amazing. I'm looking, the description's incredible. We're not just TV. We're the first channel created to bring relaxing <clears throat> video music for dogs created specifically for a canine audience. I'd like to hear Casey <laughs> Kasem read that, you know, back in the day. Dog TV. There's a subscription. Oh, like I, the video, the first thing they show is a golden retriever, like jumping into a field of corn and bouncing around. And now there's a dog following his owner on a skateboard. Yep, I'm in. I'm subscribing. Well, because the reason we got on this topic is because you're going on vacation and you have a cat and you're paying somebody to come watch your cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, did you leave the TV on for the cat? You know, is the cat going to like it if you have something going on on the TV? And it looks like a lot of people have had the same very question because I'm looking at Reddit, which you can find anything on Reddit. And it says, should I leave the TV on for my dog? And people are like, oh, Yeah. Our dogs absolutely love those animal documentaries. They love watching the ducks on the dog channel. So I I feel kind of torn on this. I feel like this is something that people do to make themselves maybe feel better about leaving. But I'm not okay. sure if the dog is like totally captivated by this. Like maybe for a little. Yeah. But I don't see dogs like binging Netflix like humans do. Yeah, I don't think so. I think this is very dog specific. Like, I'm not talking about dogs in general. I'm talking about your dog. Like, maybe your dog likes to watch TV, but it's not like I've been around a lot of dogs who are just like, "Ah, my dog loves to binge watch. Just put on Netflix and my dog will just sit there for hours. So, I don't mean, all dogs are different. You never know. Pets can be super quirky too. You know how that goes. Cat, dog, Mm -hmm. horse, doesn't matter. Animals have different personalities. So every now and then you'll find kind of a quirky personality part of whatever animal that you're around. You'll say, you know what? It sounds crazy, but this animal likes this. So I get it. I haven't seen it, but I do believe it. 
Yeah, this sounds like exactly the off-the-wall quirky question that we got to ask Lucy about. So let's bring yeah. her on now. She is BetQL host and host of Back to the Futures each and every Sunday night right here on BetQL. Always Boston Strong, it's Lucy Burge. How do you like them apps? All right, Lucy. So we've been talking about it, and we definitely need your opinion because I feel like you're great at these type of questions. So I'm going to ask you, (laughs) if there was something on TV, (laughs) what do you think dogs would like to watch? Yes. Well, good morning. This is a fascinating question because what captures a dog's mind, what captures a human's mind, what what is different about them? Are they the same thing? I feel like dog TV is one of the most brilliant things ever because as you said before this, Chelsea, people will shell out so much money for their dogs. So if you mm-hmm. have to subscribe to dog TV, people will do that and people will pay like $9.99 a month. If they're at work all day, you put on dog TV, what it looks like is like a dog on a skateboard. Dogs running around Ooh. because when we watch TV, <laughs> it's humans doing stuff. So wouldn't a dog want to see dogs doing stuff? Also, wow. one thing that should be on dog TV TV is the only thing in the world that will make me laugh with a belly laugh no matter what dog riding a bicycle there is a dog who rides a bicycle <laughs> his name is Norman and every time I just like I need to laugh this will if I am like in the like saddest I've ever been I will watch Norman riding a bicycle it is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life the dog holds on to the handlebars and he, he pedals the bike and so I would put that on dog tv and I'd also put that on human tv because I would watch that over and over again it just hits you in the right place and I, it just makes me laugh so I would I hope that maybe a dog would laugh as well if a dog saw that riding a bicycle but i feel like also wouldn't they like birds just flying around just something Mm -hmm. stimulating Mm. and i feel like for cats it would be totally different because our cat when she was a kitten she did love watching basketball she would be entranced by the back and forth motion of it probably because she'd never seen anything like it so you'd have to just repeat things that they've never seen anything like this before and a lot of motion and they'll love it but like our cat we call it her tv she watches on on our bay window at like birds flying around or chipmunks or the noticing little things that we wouldn't notice so what you could do is just set up a camera on like a, a, a like piece of nature like just a visual of nature live happening and your dog might love it or your cat might love it and just live birds flying around or like in a rainforest with lots of animals because i feel like that's a lot of stimulation for them so i think that i think for a dog leaving the tv on might be a bit better for a cat because i know my family's cat when our tv is on she will literally curl up in a ball put her paw around her eyes so that no light gets in. She doesn't want any part of noise or light or sound when she is trying to sleep. So I think leaving the TV on for a cat might be absolute hell 
But as you said, Jenks, every pet is different. Every pet has their quirks. Yes. But I feel like dogs would be more um, welcoming of a TV show for them than cats. Cats would not care, I don't think. Lucy, let me ask you about horses because you're around horses all the time. And when I was younger, I went to a camp in Burnett, Texas, and I won the award as the camper best around horses. So really? I love horses. Ooh. Yeah, really, believe it or not. Put it I on the resume. That's so nice. Yeah. 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 And they gave <laughs> was me that the official like award this. title? Camper best around best horses? Kid best with horses. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, it was called That's the really it horse was called, boy. It was called the Woody <laughs> something. It was the old horse trainer who was a part of the camp from the very beginning, who worked in the stables and tended to the horses. So after he passed, because this camp had been around for a long time, they named this award after him, and so they gave it to the camper who was best with the horses. So I won wow. that when I was a kid, and I could ride horses a little bit. So I I love animals, but let me ask you, having been around horses more so than me, because I just had a camp experience what is the most interesting or do horses have as many personality traits as maybe cats and dogs because you tend to think oh it's just dogs and cats but i tend to think that horses absolutely have personality traits Oh, they absolutely do. They have their own personalities very much so and their own dynamics between each other. Because generally when we get one, like we will have a set of horses at a time. So they always have a companion. And so one will pass away and then we figure out what to do next. But generally we always have two at a time. And their dynamic is always very interesting because there's usually a very dominant one. And then one that okay. is uh, the one that is not bullied, but like you, you the other horse will say, like, don't take my hay, you go over there and they will communicate with each other. And oh. they definitely have personalities. And the two that we have now worked together with the Amish and they were abused. And so we uh, rescued them from a place that, that uh, originally rescued them. And they have worked together for, I mean, years. So they are uh, possibly, we don't know, they could be mother and son. We don't know. But the way that they interact is, I mean, it's unbelievable how they just move their head. They know what the other one's saying. And they definitely have different personalities every horse we've ever had has a very different personality from every other horse and so once you spend a lot of time around them it's just like a cat or a dog you know their personality and it's just it's very interesting because it's it's like with all animals you get their personality just kind of like by their aura and by that how they act because obviously they don't mm -hmm. speak like we do but they do speak and it is fascinating how they can sense vibes and they can sense things around them that, I mean, for protective things, I guess, they, they can sense danger, they can sense different things. Um, and you can tell their personality by how they act when you spend, I mean, my dad spends all day with them, so he knows their personality better than anybody, but you can definitely, even just spending a little bit of time with them, you get their personality day to day and they definitely have uh, the same uh, traits and uh, personality as a dog or a cat. Oh yeah, and you're listening to Horse Girl Radio here at QL Network. <laughs> horse uh, boy. And, and Horse Boy. B-O-I. Horse Boy. Um, so on this same conversation, I have heard so many people uh, compare Travis Kelsey to a golden retriever. Like that's his personality mm -hmm. type. So here's my question for you. It feels like Taylor Swift is kind of like a cat type person. We know she has a cat. That feels like it's her personality. Travis Kelsey, a dog personality. So I am wondering, will this ever provide any problems for them? Because now that it's the off season, I feel like Travis Kelsey is going to have more time to spend.
with Trav uh, with uh, Taylor Swift. How do you see the offseason going for this couple that has some differences? Yes. Well, I feel like maybe opposites attract will apply in this situation because you do have instances where dogs and cats get along like uh, Homeward mm -hmm. Bound, the movie. There was a dog, a couple dogs and a cat in that movie and in real life. Fictional, well, but yes. Yes. <laughs> in, 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 in real life, <laughs> maybe they'll do a show about that on dog TV where dogs and cats get along to just uh, bring big cat into the mix and, and say, you know, what, dogs, <laughs> cats are good, too. <laughs> and all different animals. Everyone's welcome on dog TV. Um, but I definitely see why people think Travis Kelsey is like a golden retriever. People say the same thing about Gronk is that he, when he, somebody said when he is talking about football on TV, when he's analyzing it, it's like a golden retriever talking about playing fetch because that's what he sounds like when he gets super amped and Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey, very similar. Um, but I feel like Taylor Swift, definitely a cat person. She does have cats and she seems it's, it's kind of funny to say this based on her recent, uh, travels and everything, but she does seem like a homebody. Like, I feel like she mm -hmm. is more of like a cozy person and Travis Kelsey is like, yeah, get after it. Let's get out there and like party. But I feel like they will, that, that opposite will work in uh, the long term. And I feel like they will get engaged this off season, perhaps oh. because he will have more time, but she will be touring still. And then he will go to support her. So there's still a balance of, she went to support him with his work and now he is going to support her with her work. And I feel like that will go on and on because she does have a new album coming out. So she will continue to be working a lot. And then he, of course, I don't think he's going to retire this season so i think he will continue to work past this off season um so i think that that will keep them busy and i feel like they will get engaged this off season because they do say the off season is the time for players to get engaged and this could be the time for them because he just he treats her so much differently than other men have treated her and if i am getting all this information from other swifties on tiktok so i am just trusting that because i don't remember a lot of her <laughs> other relationships very in depth but the way he treats her seems to uh be uh, she treats her very well. So and I think she uh, appreciates it because she and they're not secretive about it. And apparently her past relationships, she's he they the man has been very secretive about dating her and he is very proud mm. to be with her. So I feel like this uh, golden retriever uh, cat personality uh, <laughs> combination is going to work very well for them. And they'll get engaged. So Lucy, we have a couple minutes here and I, I, I am hoping for the best for them. Are you a little worried that, look, this is an amazing, it, this has to be the best love story where I'm traveling Long in time. for my concert. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden I'm at the Super Bowl and now you can come support me. But there is something to be said for, okay, now we actually have to cohabitate. We have to really get to know one another's habits. Are you worried about that once this sort of, grandiose like relationship in the public eye wears off a little bit and they're actually in it together. Yeah, there there could be as as every relationship there there is some struggle, there are fights, there are things that you have to overcome to really get to know how you how you are as a relationship. And I feel like whatever that they whatever they will face in terms of that, they can work through it because yes, now it's really the show is kind of over in the sense that they have debuted. We have seen them in public many times. Of course, you know, the storybook, yeah, I flew from Tokyo back to my boyfriend's Super Bowl win. Of course, that that's uh, totally 
realistic, but it did actually happen, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, now I think they they have, though, she has spent time at his home in Kansas City, and I feel like maybe they have had a little bit of a taste of living together, perhaps, and spending time together in a home. So I feel like going forward, it will be, it, it, it will work in terms of they will figure it out. Like, they, she just got out of a six-year relationship, so I think she has some experience uh -huh. with that, but I think it, I think they'll get engaged. And also, they are both filthy rich. So I yes. feel like when you're that rich helps. and you can go to all these nice places, it does help. She is Lucy Bird. She's a basketball host and host of Back to the Future. <laughs> we got to get to break, Lucy. Thanks for stopping by. Up next, the college hoop slate for tonight. Our best bets. Stick with us. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in on this Wednesday edition of The Daily Tip. In a few minutes, we'll run down the best top 25 matchups in college hoops tonight. Jenks, I ran across a picture of what right. they call the bullshit at Utah State. And it's what the student section gets before every home game. And what they do is they give you this little newsletter and it has the dirt on all of the opposing players and they give you ammo for like jeering the other team and i kind of remember this from high school like we did this to opposing players of basketball games where you try to figure out something that you know you can heckle them about mm -hmm. but this is really in depth like it looks like a school newspaper it is two pages long uh although it was formatted really well but the actual content i was a little disappointed by like Okay, we've got a short joke. This guy's really short. It's a whole paragraph mm -hmm. on that. Okay, this guy's a Cowboys fan. Like, yeah, I get the ick, but <clears throat> okay, that's all you got. Did you ever take part in something like this, whether it was in college or high school, where you did like researched heckling? <laughs> you know, I... I really didn't. It's just not my thing. I don't, I understand why it exists. Now I, I did have, this is the, this is old school. This is before the internet. I did have a buddy of mine call the quarterback at the university of Texas and leave him a message and ask him why he was throwing so many interceptions. And I remember listening oh, no. to that and leaving him a message. Yeah. I did not do that, but he, was able to find his number and like the student guide and then just call him up and leave a message. And he was kind of not harassing him. It was, it was pretty playful considering how ugly people can get, but I don't know. I guess I've never really gotten into that. I don't really understand the point. The one thing I did do one time was I was pretty innocent. I was at a Texas Louisville game in, Oh God, when was this 95? When did we play those guys? 94. I forget. And Oh, did we win that game? I don't remember. Anyway, if you look at the back of the jerseys, the Louisville jerseys at the time, I don't know if you remember these, but there was a time when instead of taking the, the letters on the back of a jersey and they would all be the same size, they would stretch 
and make the make the letters bigger so that every single name fit across a back of a jersey. So you have a regular name like Jenkins, then mm-hmm. it would be stretched out more than Messenger. Does that make sense? But they all fit yes. the same little frame. <clears throat> there was a guy on the sidelines and his last name was Nord. Like nerd, but it was N-O-R-D. And so it made it so funny that it was a four-letter last name and it was stretched all the way across the back of his jersey. So it said Nord. And so we're in the student section and all of a sudden, (laughs) it was awesome. And it wasn't a packed game. And Louisville struggling on the offensive line. He was not playing. He was a backup. And the offensive line coach gathers all of the offensive linemen for Louisville around. And we start chanting, put Nord in, put Nord in, put Nord in. And it was so innocent, but so funny. Some of the Louisville offensive linemen started laughing as they're supposed to be listening to the head coach or to their offensive line coach. And so the coach catches his lineman laughing at our chant. And then he starts berating his offensive lineman for listening to the crowd instead of paying attention, which made it even funnier. So that was pretty harmless as far as heckling goes, but that's pretty much the extent of what I did. I was never hardcore into researching. Well, I wasn't the one doing it, but I've been, excuse me, a part of schools that have done this. Like in high school, we had like this group of boys that would all dress like referees at basketball Mm -hmm. games and they had like these glasses that were broken and they had the tape in the middle they brought their own couch that somehow was allowed like they would sit underneath the basket with a couch and they would Mm -hmm. like print out these pages of like oh we heard you just broke up with your girlfriend because in high school back then it was all like word of mouth so like at rival high schools like you know some people so you try to get the dirt but in college we also had this nc state baseball the student section was great at this they would print out the Facebook pages and that's back when Facebook was like still, oh, yeah. I don't want to say like cool, but it was like just limited to college students. Like you had to have a college address. So they would print out the most embarrassing pictures of opposing players and put them on like a huge poster board. So like that was pretty good. And I do think it's a fun dynamic because these are the kids that are not used to being jeered. Like this is not mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like these kids kind of react differently to it. And I'm seeing this across, you know, a lot of college basketball student sections. And you know me, I am super scared to go against home teams in college hoops. It has to be a really good scenario. Um, So I just think it's one of those little nuances that makes home court advantage definitely a thing in college basketball. It's not just the rims. It's not just sleeping in your own beds. It's just some of these little things that the students do that I think are, you know, a little different than maybe the pro aspect of uh, what we're looking at when it comes to handicapping. So let's look at the slate tonight and see if we can pick some good home teams Uh, or maybe we will argue against some of these home teams. And uh, let's start in the SEC. Number 24, Florida, squaring off with number 13, Alabama. Alabama laying eight and a half here. This line has gone steadily up. And speaking of going up, good God, hold your nose for this total. It is 173 and a half. And for good reason, I'll say this. Alabama averaging 95 points per game at home. Florida's pretty solid as well. I think they're averaging like 85 points per game. So, Jenks, which way do we go here? God, I don't even know what to do. I, I like the over. 
But I don't this this total is ridiculous. I don't know if this is the highest college basketball total of the season, but it's the highest one that I can remember in recent memory. So I I think I would lean to the over. The money is headed in that direction. But I will say this. Part of me kind of wants to take Florida. I just can't pull the trigger just because they're one of the few teams in the country that will play with Alabama. Alabama loves to run up and down the court. So does Florida. I know Alabama is the highest scoring team in the country, but Florida averages 85 points per game, and they're also very good at defending the perimeter. So Alabama shoots threes at a high volume. I think the Gators are going to stay right on the perimeter and try to keep Alabama at bay from long range. So I kind of want to lean Gators in the over, but I don't think I have the guts to pull the trigger. And honestly, this line seems big enough where I feel like Florida seems like the obvious play, and it's probably not. I think the argument against Florida is that if points are not at a premium, you know, if the total is 173 and a half, that's where I feel like you can actually make a case for laying a big number with a team that can run up the score, especially at home. Because again, like it's really hard for me to go against home teams. And Alabama has been the picture of that, not just straight up where they're 12 and one at home this year, also against the spread. Like this is not the first time they've had to lay a big number. They're 11 and two against the spread. So even in this, these situations where they're laying the eight and a half, they laid eight and a half against uh, LSU, beat them 109 to 92, just coming off a game against Texas A&M, laying eight, won that game by 25 points. So I think Alabama would be the side for me. I don't think I'm touching that total. It's a touch too high. And when I say a touch, usually anything in the 160s makes me nervous in college hoops because yes, the numbers all point to it, but what happens if they have like a cold streak for three minutes? Your total mm-hmm. is dead. So I won't be touching that total. It is too high for me. Let's go to the Big Ten. Number 12, Illinois on the road at uh, Penn State. We've got Illinois laying seven and a half. Total of 157 and a half. And I have talked at length about my aversion to fading home teams, but there are two yeah. specific conferences that I feel even stronger about this. In the Big Ten, And in the Big 12, like in the Big 10, it just feels like you don't, you know, lay these big numbers with the favorites on their own, no matter how big the mismatch looks. So looking at this game, uh, Illinois laying seven and a half, total of 157 and a half. Jenks, can you make a case for Illinois here? Are you going with the home dog getting the seven and a half? Oh, I'm going to stay away from this. I'm going to follow the trends here, Chelsea, and I'm going to go with the over here. Illini, 13-7 and seven to the over this season, and they have hit the over in five straight games. So they've been putting up points in game after game after game. If you look at the Nittany Lions, 8-7 and seven to the over this season at home, so not exactly an over team. But I think based on the way Illinois has been scoring recently, you go with the over here. Yeah, I think that's a sabotage factor. Maybe with laying the points... Uh, or excuse me, with taking the points with Penn State is the same you know premise that I was talking about with Alabama. Illinois has been running up the score uh, in their last few games, at least. In three of their last four games, they've scored at least 85 points. So I think the question is, can Penn State hang? Uh, we saw a really lackluster you know, performance last time out from Penn State, only scoring 49 points. Again, that's a, against Nebraska, so it's a different pace of play. 
but I think I'd still lean towards the home dog here, getting the seven and a half. Illinois has been good, but not great at covering some of these big numbers. So maybe I'll go Penn State. Not my favorite play of the day, though. Let's go to the ACC. We've got number eight, Duke, squaring off on the road with Miami. A fishy line here. This one opened at four and a half. It's still only sitting at five and a half. Oh, total of 150 and a half. Feels like a trap, Jinx. It does. It sure does. But God, it does feel like a trap. I I, I want no mm-hmm. part of this game. At the same time, God, how do you back Miami here? Duke's been really good against against the number this season. They're 14 and 10 overall. They're much better at holding on to the basketball. The Canes have lost four straight now. They did play Carolina really tough in Coral Gables a few games ago. So they can maybe keep this within the number, but the money keeps coming on the Blue Devils. I feel like it's such a square play, and I hate making square plays. That's where the money is telling you to go. I just can't make a strong case for the Canes right now. I don't think I can either. Kim Palm has this game, uh, Duke winning it by six. And I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, is this a look-ahead game? What's going on? But up next, they have Wake Forest. Wouldn't say that's like, you know, a game that they're going to be super up for. Wake Forest is good. Don't get me wrong. It just, there's nothing I can find. So something's not making sense. And usually in college hoops, when a line doesn't make sense, it means you either take the other side or you run. You run, my friends, because that is a trap. Uh, Hour three is coming up next. We'll run down some of the headlines in college football. What's been going on in the offseason? We'll tell you next on the Daily Tip. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.